we better figure out an intro soon because we're we're going. We're going. We're going with this. We're this going with it. here. I'm not as basic bitch as you, okay? Baby, it's cold outside. I respect your decision. I can see. You can see. I can see with both of my eyes. Is. Can't quite read with both of them as great as I used to be able to yet, but I can uh, see. Who needs to read? Uh, not many people. What, I didn't need to work. What pleb reads these days? Yeah, it is true. I do a lot of audiobooks. I helped out over the it, last week. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure it did. I would. Uh, I would probably. I wouldn't know. I'd have to have somebody buy audiobook thing for me so I'd be able to listen to audiobooks again. Well, thankfully, I could see out of my right eye and I could read out of my right eye, but uh, until I had a patch over my left eye, it didn't really work well. Yeah, you, well, were, you were a bit of a... What did we, we decide? A vampire pirate? A vampire pirate. A vampire. Vampire. A vampire. Yes, I was. So yeah, sorry to all you listeners for last week, our podcast coming out a day late. I uh, went partially blind on Wednesday. Yeah, and then there's a ton of issues with Anchor. <laughs> yeah, and then Anchor just didn't do what it wanted to do, and I didn't want to try to look at a fucking <laughs> screen. screen Well, I couldn't read, and then the light sensitivity issue, and because I'm sitting in a fucking dark-ass house all of Wednesday. Well, I woke up, I was reading in bed, I was able to read out of a book, everything seemed fine, looking at my phone seemed okay, went down to my desk, started working, because I work from home a lot. And I noticed a hue around the computer and kind of like a angelic glow of a halo around it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's kind of weird. Maybe I scratched my eye with my contact. It's a little irritated. Kind of hurts now that I'm looking at the screen. I've done that before and I just got contacts again. I figured that was probably what it was. So around lunchtime, I took my lunch break and I went upstairs to go take a nap and sleep and uh, woke up and went back to my computer and I couldn't read out of the left eye. I was like, fuck. I made a doctor's appointment to go see my doctor just in case, but I got to move that up from like five o'clock now to right now because I can't fucking read. Right. Yeah. So go to the doctor, all that stuff. And I had an ulcer on my eye. It wasn't there in the two weeks prior when I went to go see the eye doctor and he checked out my eye. But all of a sudden I had an ulcer on my eye and my retina was all scratched up by something. And he said, I should have known what did that. And I'm like, well, taking out my contacts the night before. No, no, you would have not been able to see this morning when you woke up. And I'm like, well, then I don't know my hair. He's like, no, no, this is way more than hair damage, like getting in your eye. And I'm like, I don't know. I was laying in bed and then I went to work. I don't know what you want me to tell you. <laughs> right. Yeah. I didn't I didn't take my nail and start scratching my eyeball. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah, I wasn't trying to do the DJ week, week, week on my fucking eye. But yeah, so I, I got an ulcer and I got some antibiotics, which kicked in fairly quickly thankfully except man that that pain on the eye is the most excruciating thing i've had i had a fucking beetle eat through my ear i've had a fucking bitch fall on my back and break my back but i think the worst pain i've ever had is an ulcer on my eye because you can't do shit about that right at all and like at one point i just went to my mom and i'm like how do you like i I know they've given you a lot of stuff for like your cancer and whatnot but when you're in a tremendous pain what do you do because i obviously cannot drink and (laughs) i just i don't know what to do so at one point i'm just sitting in my bed upstairs and like in the fetal position but in the fetal position facing down because i've heard that if you have eye trauma it's good to lay face down like when you have a corneal uh transplant and all that or a retina detachment you're supposed to lay face down and so i'm doing that and then i'm like all right i'm listening to k2 uh, a book about climbing k2 Fucking Wim Hof, he runs around in the Arctic in his boxers, and all he has to do is breathe, and he doesn't feel the cold. Shit, all I have to do is breathe, and then I can get through one night of this. I'm going to be like fucking Wim Hof, and I'm going to get through this shit. (laughs) So about three, four hours of breathing and just psyching myself out of it, I got through the pain and uh, was finally able to sleep through the night after everything started to kick in for my eye. Yeah. But now my eye's getting swollen on steroids, and I can see again. (laughs) So it's all good. Yeah, I can tell you from uh, from having kidney pain that it it was breathing techniques that got me through a lot of that pain. Yeah, um, it, it helps a lot uh, until until you realize you you've uh, managed to avoid the pain and it's the issue's only gotten worse. So now you're in so much pain you're just vomiting. Oh, let me tell you, there's nothing that helps with that. I, I could imagine. Yeah, just regurgitation <laughs> of everything. And then it's like and you're just vomiting because you're just in pain. So now it's just bile that wants to come up. Which is always great. Yeah, that's the worst. <laughs> then someone just goes, oh, it's, you ate something wrong. I'm like, no, you don't understand. It's not that I ate something bad. <laughs> Things really hurt right now in my body. And I don't know what's going on. Yeah, it sucks. Uh, but yeah, it's breathing techniques. If anybody out there is looking for, for something, it's 
uh, you got to find a breathing technique that that works. I think that's useful. Yeah. Meditation, it's key. Yeah. It is it's key to so many parts of life, and uh, it, it really works. Don't don't knock it till you try it. Right. But yeah, so that that's how most of the last my weeks have been. Like <laughs> listen to audiobooks. Or finally, after I got a patch to cover up my eye and become uh, Vampire Sam, <laughs> I uh, would be playing some video games with some uh, eye patches on. Like I played Splatoon with Brian, Alex, and Bex the other night. And uh, Brian put me on his team. And then he started picking all these levels that I didn't know because we were doing a private match. I'm like, dude, you fucking handicapped the shit out of yourself. I got one <laughs> fucking eye. I don't know any of these fucking maps we're going to. Like, what are you? You playing on us winning? <laughs> we won four out of the six matches i believe we did we did pretty good all right yeah we did we did pretty decent i was happy nice. about it for being handicapped <laughs> being being very handicapped yeah i don't oh. but it was kind of fun having a patch on for a little bit because i'd like take opie for a walk and like i feel like my brain was trying to reconstruct what i would have seen out of my left eye mm-hmm. so i know what was there like for spatial recognition recognitioning and uh, what it, i can't say that fucking word it was spatial recognition and whatnot because like I always take them on a, a simple path by the house when we do short walks, and so I felt like I could still see like the left side of the path that I was taking, even though I couldn't, just because I've been on it for so long, and my brain's just like that's over there. You know that's over there. You can't see it, but you know it's over there. So if you look over there, just one of those weird things where the brain starts compensating for the loss of something, even though I actually didn't lose my sight yet. Right, yeah. No, it's the brain's crazy, crazy organ. Fascinating thing. And the eyes, they're amazing, too. Like, holy shit, I, I can't read as well as I used to. And I don't know, maybe my vision's changed due to the ulcer and the uh, the scratches or whatnot. But, hey, if I lost this amount of vision, I'm I'm happy with that. I'll, right. I'll keep, I'll take the, it. The alternative of losing an eye is... <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you got to put things into perspective sometimes. Like, I got to be a pirate and uh, I could see again. Yeah, life's good. Right. Yes. Although I got some really good entertainment watching you try to roll dice, which we'll oh. get to later. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. But um, yeah, enough of me. How was the Thomas week? Oh, man. Uh, well, so while you were fighting with your eyeball. I didn't uh, fight with it, to be honest. I, I don't know you, what while, fought with while it. While your eyeball was fighting with you. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry. While your eyeball was fighting with you, I was trying to finish... Uh, dream drop distance at the last podcast i was like oh yeah i'm at the last world for the last two for the two characters so it should be it shouldn't be very much i started playing it the one day i hit a fucking wall the last three bosses on the riku side of that story are just stupid hard like the the difficulty spike there at the end of the game is astronomical in my opinion i didn't really spend any time grinding in the game up until that point i just kind of just kept going i'd fight everything gain my levels uh, do whatever didn't really spend any time trying to grind any on anything i would die here and there but nothing it was like oh i was stupid i should have healed uh stuff like that like me in eternal darkness yeah sure. there's things i could have done to be yeah. less frustrated yeah. but i just forgot to do them yeah so it, that, was, that was you know i was fine i got to i got the last world i made it the world was like extra tough because it was definitely uh probably like five levels above me or whatever but as i'm fighting them i'm gonna gain levels quicker so it, there's a compensation value for that make it to the final bosses i died so many times trying to get through for the first of the three bosses for riku was the anti-black coat and he it, well he didn't have a white coat he was still black coat i was gonna say <laughs> i'm confused by that is, is he dressed in all white no he's still all black it's just his the name of it is anti-black coat well is it your aunt <laughs> no oh, okay you're not your mom i think i think he's sister? i think it's supposed to be the antith- antithesis of riku ah is what i think it's supposed to be but he never like takes off his cloak so you never see the, the whatever's underneath might but be for the best th- yeah but that's my guess that fight was a giant pain in the ass because the carrot that boss has a move that can drain your health and then if he combos up before you're able to hit the ground you're fucked like there's no there, there's a there's an ability in the game called second chance that doesn't help you with it like it, it's the reason i'm able to survive the combo that drains my health but it's also it doesn't help me when i hit when that ends and he hits me with something else so there's a few times where he would just straight combo me and i couldn't do shit about it yeah it's like just you're getting juggled you can't do shit (laughs) yeah that he was really hard to hit and so he was just there's some difficulties with that one but i've made it through him and then i get to the first handsome fight handsome and nope nope nope, no no handsome handsome got excited yeah you would you would like three boys in a band hey brothers at that 
You know what? The one time we were cleaning out Alex's basement at his parents' house, we found that CD. We put that in. We jammed to it. I want to <laughs> let you know that. I don't doubt that at all, by the way. <laughs> it was a good time. So in the first Ansem fight, it was a pain in the ass. I figured out what I had to do, and then I kind of pushed my way through that fight. It, it wasn't as bad as that, that first fight. Then I get to the... Well, actually... Before I finish that fight the first time, I'm like a couple hits away from from finishing that one. And the drop, what's called the drop mechanic in the game, which forces you over to the other character. So you have like a limited amount of time and it can change. It's a little variable depending on what's going on. You might have a faster drop rate than others. And I was like two or three hits away from finishing that fucking boss and it dropped me. And so I started playing as Sora and then I was like, I think I finished the Sora campaign at that point. But then when you go back to the Riku thing, you start that fight over from the fucking beginning. The boss has full health and you're at the fucking beginning of that fight. <laughs> it's bullshit. Struggle through the fight again, finish him off, get to the third section, spent probably an hour trying to get to that third boss. And I just kept dying and dying and getting more and more angry and have to redo and redo yes and, and it, luckily it only made me redo that boss fight it didn't kick okay, me back good. all the way so it was just that boss fight so there was that saving grace i got so frustrated i, I exited out of it was like fuck it i'm leaving the battle i'll have to grind up assuming that i was gonna have to fight those three bosses again and i was right so while you were fighting with your eye i was doing that and then eventually i got to the point where i spent about 30 hours into the game uh, before going into those bosses. Uh-huh. And then after doing dealing with all of that, I spent another 10 hours grinding story stuff because I beat the bosses and sitting on menus while I did laundry and had dinner and stuff. Because you like to sit on menus. I do. I do that a lot. I, I increase my gameplay times because of it. At least artificially, I do. And so, but I did beat the game. It took me about 40 hours to beat the game. Got all the story stuff, got the secret ending and the secret message. Now moving on to the last of the Kingdom Hearts games that I have to play before Kingdom Hearts 3 comes out. And this game looks fucking beautiful. This last one looks fucking beautiful. And that's a cattail. In your face. <laughs> In my face. Mustache for Tom. <laughs> yes. The, the This last one looks beautiful and it seems like it's going to be a really short one. So that will be nice. It'll be, a, uh, it'll be a quick one to finish and then I'll have plenty of time to play whatever else I want to play while you I wait, wait for, for three. Key, yeah wait, wait while I wait for three and that'll be a game when it comes out I'll probably play immediately because I do enjoy the Kingdom Hearts games this I was explaining to you the story of them and it's convoluted as fuck it took about 10 minutes <laughs> and I don't think you still understand it nope nope I'm like yep no. so uh-huh. that's the game I need if I want to play them all right yes. okay that's yeah. good then that's all I need to know <laughs> yeah if you haven't played any of the Kingdom Hearts games if you have a PS4 I don't think it's on the Xbox I think it's only PS4 uh, there's a collection called the story so far it has all of the HD remasters that lead up to three. Um, so if you want to play one, Chain of Memories, two, Birth by Sleep, and then Dream Drop Distance, and the Birth by Sleep like expansion, though that's all on that the story so far um, game. So it's like sixty bucks for six game, six playable games, and then three games that were turned into. Uh, uh, videos so you don't have to play through them yes and they are, they are the worst of the of the games in my opinion it's so good thing that they recognize that <laughs> it was it was a good good thing for that but you know maybe uh by next week i'll be back onto a different onto a game in my backlog that i still need to finish before. get back to that backlog yeah it's been a fun time dealing with the backlog fun. i have i've gotten through a number of games though since i've started this quest of slaying my backlog slay the backlog oh but outside of that been reading my graphic novels i ordered like 12 more i did order that guitar by the way mm-hmm. uh oh tried pumpkin pie you wanted to report on that yes how did the pumpkin pie go? it was tasty i see, don't it's good see it was tasty good. but i don't know that i'll be like oh let me have pumpkin pie again until if, you have it again and eh. then you're like shit i sammy's right that shit's was, the good no it's pumpkin crack nope still not true i'm not as basic bitch as you okay oh i'm very basic oh i know i know i'll take the basic <laughs> yeah so i ordered my guitar it should show up uh well to yesterday when this podcast goes up <laughs> hey <laughs> uh when this podcast goes up though i'll also be getting my disc plates so they're the metal posters i told you about uh-huh so i'm excited to see what those look like yeah so you're getting a disc plate for the audience of 
I'm getting one from well, one's for a friend, and I don't know if she actually listens to this, so I'm not going to say what it is. Uh oh, spoiler then, alert! <laughs> and the other one is for myself, and it is a Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wilds. It's one of the screenshots you can find where it, you have Link on the bottom and one of the Lynels attacking him, and it's a really cool like watercolor art style and i'm hoping it'll translate well to the metal it should uh, those tinny or whatever they print them on um, mm-hmm. posters are really nice that's that's my goal I, I it was like 50 bucks and you buy two it was like 33 percent off on cyber monday or black friday weekend sale or whatever it was when i bought it yeah one of our buddies has printed uh some of his artwork onto those and uh it turns out really really nice that's good I know I know other people who do similar deals, and I know a lot of people like them. It was my first my first foray for foray foray into it. Hooray for forays! But yeah, that's been my my week. Other than that, we had a joint effort in some forty k's. We killed team and Catan. Yes, we did. Yeah, we introduced Alan to some Catan just last night, and uh, that was a lot of fun. It was, it was good. It, it broke my losing streak. <laughs> yes, it broke your losing streak. You, you were you were going really hard. I, was, for. You, I, uh, did, I got I got so many great rolls. I was getting all the rolls I needed, and I was like just plowing into this game. Oh yeah. Well, well, you're strategizing. You you were just hang on, guys. I need like five minutes. <laughs> so yeah, I was like so I was spending like legit time trying to figure out what I needed to do. Especially towards the end of the game when I was closing in on my last three points. And then there's me who got. A chance to build a road, and uh, <laughs> I, I got longest road because I had six road I, well, segments. I uh, got I got longest road first, and then you built your next two, and then you took or you connected your yeah two I connected roads. mine and I took it <laughs> took it, and I only had two pl- settlement places because I was just getting bad resources. And after that, you made a couple I got cities. Like, no, what was that later on? I made one city, and yeah. then after that, I had about ten turns of not being able to do that, anything. Yeah, that's that's what it was. <laughs> I had uh, ten I turns, remember, and then finally I was able to build the second. City. I remember you hit getting a city really early on because I think you were the first one to build a city. Yeah, I, I was the first one to build a city, so I got two points for that, and then I had three points for having a settlement in the city, <laughs> and then I got longest road. I got five points. And then you guys broke up my road, and <laughs> I, so I went back down I, to three, and then you I guys gave, just went above I, and beyond. I gave Evan the, uh, I was like, I have the sheep you need. I will give it to you on a with one caveat. He's like, okay, what is it? You build here, and you destroy his longest road. Yeah. yeah. He's like, oh, I was going to build there anyways. I'm like, do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you convinced him a little bit to uh, help you out and hurt himself a little bit more and hurt me at the same time. And then there's Alan like, you guys, what the fuck are you doing? (laughs) There's a couple times later on where I was like, that's bullshit. I'm like, you're welcome. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, and there's just me. I was like, I I, after I had like four of those turns of not getting anything, I committed myself to just being the game heckler (laughs) and uh, guiding the game because Alan hadn't played ever. And Evan hadn't played in a while, so it was a little bit of a refresh for him. And I'm like, so just FYI, you do what Tom's trying to get you to do right now. Make sure you know the implications of it. And this is going to happen in Tom's favor. And you're in second place right now. So I don't know if you want to do that. Okay, you just did it. That's okay. You can do that. (laughs) I mean, that was nice to Evan, too, because there was the one time he was trying to build a road off to nowhere. Well, he was trying to put it on a port, I think is what he was trying to get to or something. I'm like, what are you doing with that road? Before we move on, what are you doing with that road? He's like, oh, I'm trying to do this. I'm like, you don't want to do that. And like, why? Because that road's going nowhere. Yeah, it was adjacent to my settlement. You can't build settlements adjacent to settlements. But yeah, if no one's played Catan, it's a great civilization building game in a way, resource gathering game. And yeah. you, you have to gather resources from different tiles that you place your settlements on. And then you take those resources, you build more roads, you build more settlements, you make sure you trade some wood for some sheep. Yes. And I did plenty of wood and sheep. We yeah, tried. there was a lot of wood and sheep in the game. And then a lot of wheat. Oh, around. God, there was so much wheat. But uh, yeah, we you ran out of wheat and wood. Oh, yes. Never happened in our 10 year <laughs> playing experience. Right. I, like, I got to a point. I'm like, uh, Sammy. I don't have enough wheat for everybody. What do I do? I've never come up to this situation. Yeah. He's like, I got to hang on. Let me check the book. Oh, if there's not enough, nobody gets any. Yeah, <laughs> no one gets it. Sorry, you guys are all <laughs> fucked. And I'm sitting over here laughing because I didn't get shit anyway. And then it happened with our wood. Uh-huh. I, mean, I think we completely de- Yeah, we completely depleted the wood pile at one point. Oh, yeah. Everybody was all on the wood. Everybody needed wood that oh, day. Yeah. It's so much wood. We're just polishing it for days. Yes. 
But oh. very good game, Catan. I highly recommend it to anybody uh, who is into strategy, resource, gathering, and building games. Yeah. I have loved it ever since I first played it. Everybody I've had played it mostly likes it. I only know a few people who do not like the game. And they're just not into that style of strategy game. And it, it just opens up a lot with the trading, too, of being able to trade with four people and the negotiations that we at least have go on <laughs> yes. within our friends group. And they get a little ridiculous and it kind of gets fun, <laughs> kind of gets ridiculous. It could go either way. I have one person who refuses to play with me anymore. Of course. This is one of my brothers. Of course. <laughs> he, he refuses to play a lot of games with you, though, to be yes, fair. Yes, he does. You're an aggressive uh, board game player, though. I, I guess. Yeah, I guess You're an extremely so. aggressive board game player. I guess player. so. But I know it's yeah, I want to I want to have fun and so i just and you want to win and i want to win and, you, you, are, you are in it with, for the selfish long game well yeah and that's what's how it works and in a game like Catan, where you can barter and make deals and we used to because we used to have a house rule of you could go in debt to the other players but you could not win if you were in debt yeah you yeah. had to clear all debts before you could win and we used to play that rule and we i would go in debt to people and i would get this and that and i would wheel and deal my way to the to the end with you and we would be like yelling at one of our, our friends of why you should or why you shouldn't trade these things yeah yeah because <laughs> pretty much a lot of the time it came down to me and you were thinking for the long game and everybody else was like i need to do this and build this road and i'm like no you don't fucking need to build that road this fucking turn bro <laughs> trust me you don't want do you want to play the game still or do you want to start a new game <laughs> because what you do right now is going to make that decision happen but that is Catan. Yes, it is. It can be frustrating, but it's, it's always usually really fun. Yes, it could definitely get frustrating, but that is Catan. Because like you said, when you get to that point where you're boxed in, it's you become the heckler. I've done that before, and that's how I pissed off my brother. <laughs> yeah, I mean, once you can't win, everybody else is doing their tradings, their dealings, and everything, and you're just kind of on the sidelines like, well, I, I got to sit here and keep doing something. <laughs> right, I can't walk away. Because be I am a key point to this game. If I roll a seven, I fuck all these other people, and I can't wait to roll that seven. <laughs> right, right. Oh, you wanted to build a city? I'll steal from you. <laughs> yeah, stealing is so much fun. Oh, you, you need those resources. That's where I'm going to put the, the thief. Mm. Prior to that, we played Kill Team, a four-way match of Kill Team. <laughs> Finally got all four people together to play, and it was a lot of fun. I got the reaction I wanted. <laughs> you took only two models to the table. Yeah, so I brought, I brought two models. It was open match, so I really didn't, I didn't have to have full roster of characters. So I brought my brood lord, teched out. And I put a warrior gunner on my team as my leader. And the only reason I put him on, the, on as a leader is because I wanted the extra command points, which turned out to be vital later on. Extremely <laughs> vital. But to put it in perspective, Tom put, brought two models. Alex brought 19. Evan brought 17. And I had 15. Yes. And yeah. <laughs> I, I moved my case to showcase my my kill team. They're like, seriously? Two models? <laughs> so yeah, it, it was a good game. We played on a four by four table. Personally, Wish we would have done smaller. I, I think a four by four table made the game a little longer. It made things a little bit too spread out. Three by three, I think, is definitely going to be the sweet spot for any kill team, at least. Three by three is probably going to be the biggest size because we played a 200 point match. Commanders, which was fun trying out the commanders and seeing how commanders do. They're definitely um, powerful. Can not technically be overpowered in a way, but comparatively... If you're using a lot of your cannon fodder to try to take out that commander, yeah, they're overpowered compared <laughs> to cannon fodder. Sammy knows from experience. Two turns where Tom was coming at me with his broodlord, and he had souped it up like a motherfucker. Like, he has negatives to be able to hit if it's near terrain at all. So I have a bunch of flamers on my guys, and I'm like, well, fuck you, because I got flamers, and they automatically hit him. <laughs> I do, like, six damage on him with my flamers, and then he saves, like, three of it, and then... After he saves it, there's another save called a Feel No Pain, and he saved three more Feel No Pains. Pretty much, you got all fives and sixes oh, yes. on all the rolls that you needed, yes, and had you not gotten those, you would have been dead turn two. I would have. Instead, I, had, I went into that match fully expecting to be out by round two. I was like, I have two models. So there's no, this doesn't last that long. I, I know from just regular kill team, it shouldn't last that long. So I'm just going to try this. See, it'd be funny. Plus, we're playing four people. It'll help the game go a little bit quicker if I only have two models and I get to have a little bit of fun with it. Exactly. But yeah, so I had Lurker, which on a five was just the feel no pain on a five up. There was Skulker, which is the one you're talking about that even if I'm completely visible and but I'm within one inch of any terrain it is considered to be obscured, which worked a lot. I used that a lot. Oh, yeah. 
and then yeah, he has his, his normal stuff, lightning reflexes, which is his five up in Vaughn. He has a four four regular save. So I did a lot of charging with him and you spent a lot of shots on him. <laughs> yeah, you did a lot of charging with him. I did a lot of retreating and then you charged one of my guys who went down because uh, he, he broke his morale. So he, he went mm-hmm. down on the ground, just wasn't doing shit and like writhing there like an orc bitch. So you charged him. So I'm like, OK, you charged him. There's going to be <laughs> melee. But I'm going to charge you with my commander, charge you with my combat specialist, charge you with my grot, because if I do that and I pull off this stratagem here that lets me attack first, I'm going to be able to attack before you. So knowing that you're probably going to do the same thing. Well, let's say again. So this is by this point, my warrior, my warrior gunner is dead. So I was completely I had one. I had two models. So a lot of the time I was forgetting I was still in this match because everyone else was going. I would just sit back and start reading stuff. And then somebody's like, oh, I'm attacking you. I'm like, oh, shit. Sorry. What do I need to roll? But then my gunner died. And so I was completely out of the shooting phase. So now I'm in melee. Sammy's already charged me with like four characters. And then shooting phase is happening. And enough like I'd say two or three of the characters got picked off in the process i know my grot got picked off and my combat specialist got picked okay, off so, yeah, those, and so my commander was still there yes yeah, the, the commander was still there and one of the grots was still there uh and then the guy that was down was still the, the one that I actually charged was there yeah and but so in this time frame i'm just back and forth in the books like looking at stratagems <laughs> figuring things out like okay sammy and them had brought up this the, the decisive strike uh stratagem and so i was like okay let me read that Oh, I, I mean, technically, even though I, I would go, I, I would be considered to go first already. I could waste the points and it would guarantee me. Well, not guarantee me because it would be a create a roll off. And then I'm like, OK, and then I'm looking and I'm like, oh, there's this honor duel stratagem that my character can only now attack your commander for that for that fight phase. But all of my hit rolls and wound rolls can be if they're failed, can be re-rolled. Nasty as fuck. Yeah, it turned out to be real bad. (laughs) And then I was looking at it and I was like, oh, cool. I have this one over here, the caustic blood that if if I make it through all of this and then I start getting attacked and I start taking wounds, any any enemy within one each model within one inch of my character that i choose i have to roll a d6 and if i roll a six they take a mortal wound it's all of them so it's not even if even if his commanders attack me his commander and all the other characters around me are going to start taking enemy characters around me are going to start taking wounds if i roll sixes so i'm like cool i have this plan and i'm like just been going back and forth in the books while they're doing all their shooting and shit and then fight phase rolls around and sammy declares his <laughs> decisive strike and i go okay so i'm declaring a decisive strike as well also declaring honor duel and i showed you what that was and you're like oh shit i'm gonna do that that's better than what i wanted to do yeah yeah because i was gonna make my character attack twice because i had three points and two points for four decisive strike and then the third command point was going to be to make my commander strike again but then tom found the one that allows you to re-roll hits and re-roll wounds and i'm like "Ooh, that's, that's a little bit better yeah i was like so i showed that to him and then I'm like okay so now we got to roll off roll twos roll six, six roll six and i got a three so tom got to like, go yeah go me <laughs> and then so then our baru lord has six attacks he has mon he, he only comes with the monstrous uh rending claws i believe is what it's called and if you roll sixes they're an automatic three they're minus six ap and an automatic three damage mm-hmm. uh, i didn't get any in that particular round i got him in, in another fight later on but I roll, I miss one, so I re-roll that one. And he has a two-up weapon skill. So he's pretty much guaranteed to hit unless you get two roll two ones. So I failed the first, failed it one time, rolled it again, made it the second time. Going to wound, wound rolls, I got like all, all but one. All but one. I had to re-roll that one, and I think I ended up making it. No, that one still failed. That one still failed. But you still had five attacks st- on me <laughs> going through at negative two negative three negative three and doing three straight damage doing d3 damage oh d3 and so i, I rolled them and a couple of them came I, well i rolled them and then we, we realized oh wait hang on we have to take that back because we gotta figure out which one actually kills him mm-hmm. so then i'm rolling them it was like one damage two damage and then, and then three, three and then took him down yeah i had a three that finally took him down <laughs> and that three damage of course i i wasn't able to make my wound saves and uh, my commander went out like that yes and Somehow, my team didn't break after that, and I, I was able to scrounge up five points for the game, killing mostly Evan's cannon fodder and whatnot that was coming at me, 
because uh, I didn't have anything to kill on your side except <laughs> right. for the Broodlord. And then Alex was sweeping around to your end, and he was picking you off, picking me off, and still dealing with uh, well, Evan. Alex, so Alex, you you were the only person to put a wound on my warrior, or yeah. my Broodlord, rather. Yes. Uh, Alex murdered my warrior real quick. Oh, yeah. And then he, he, he tried shooting, just like you tried shooting my Broodlord, and just couldn't get a hit to save his life because all this stuff because over half distance the minus one to the obscure because i was still uh, uh, on top of a uh, terrain so he was like shooting fives and sixes and he couldn't make it or if he made it he couldn't get the wound because the toughness was so, so high and so i just didn't even have to make wound rolls most of the time yeah and then there's me and evan who are just losing so many characters our nerve tests because uh, you take nerve tests and you have to roll below the model who's hurts leadership plus all the guys that have been killed so like evan had 10 guys killed and his leadership is eight and he had no one to give pluses on the field so he couldn't even save any of his roles so all his guys went down he yeah. broke and he was done so and I then had, i had iron will so i didn't have to worry about nerve test for the brood lord at all and then on top of that his leadership is 10 and so so i was like sweet I would roll for my break because obviously I lost half of my units because I only brought two. One of them was dead and I would roll. Oh, that was a nine. Cool. I made it. You're good. Oh, that was a six. I made it. I ended the match on turn five with what? Two orcs alive still. The rest laying on the ground. Yeah. Uh, Evan had everybody laying on the ground. We both had five points. You had the brood lord alive with six points and Alex. No, like uh, Evan had six points. I had f- you and I had five. Oh, you. And I- OK, that's what it was. And then um Alex had like 15. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. He was way, he was so far up in front of us. He was killing specialists left and right. He yeah. killed all of my specialists. Yeah. I'm going to say he killed my, my only, my leader. And then the thing was that if that hadn't ended at, at turn five, and if it would have kept going, there's a good chance I could have made a comeback just because of how incredibly difficult it is to kill my broodlord. Yeah. And with what I gave him. With Alex always going after me, I was never able to charge him because he had fly. So he would just retreat back and shoot me so that's where the four foot by four foot table really hurt because i spread out in every direction i went after everybody and i just wasn't able to touch alex because the things that i took towards him he brought all his flying units towards me very good move because he knew then if i charge him he's just gonna fly away and it's gonna be okay right had i gone after him i would have been able to get charges in it just never worked out that way and I have a feeling he would have noticed that and would have moved away so mm-hmm. I couldn't charge him. He's a good general. He's a very good general. He is. I think the only thing I could have done, I mean, it, and, and because of my saves, it really wouldn't made it made a difference in that fight. But there's the Prowler ability in the stealth skill tree. And the Prowler ability, if you're within six inches of an enemy, of an enemy model uh, at the beginning of your movement phase, so if, if they move in and you're within six inches, you can charge them and they cannot declare overwatch oh and something like that would be very helpful if i would if the game would have continued against alex's uh tau because his overwatch would have been null and void so the one thing he's great at just shits the bed yeah it it would be done (laughs) yeah i I definitely can't wait to get more uh multiplayer games of the kill team in because that was a lot of fun that was was a blast and uh i have a more legit kill team maybe for the next time uh, not to say that I do don't like this two man kill team and it may come out again at some point just because I think it's fun and ridiculous. Yeah. And I want to see it actually turned out to be a little bit more legitimate than what I had expected. Yeah, I was I I, I had full intentions of like, I'm just going to go out. I'm going to have fun. I'm going to push it. I'm going to be real aggressive with it. See what I can do. Put them in shitty situations, which yeah. I did. And it's a gamble, though, because if you don't get those dice, you're right. fucked. Oh, yeah. But you did get the dice. Right. And you got your fives and sixes when you needed fives and sixes. Yeah. And so you were good. But I mean, it's a lot of time with the with the minus one being on top of stuff. It made it harder for you to even make your shots. Exactly. And and it all depends on who you're fighting. It's not like your broodlord's broken because his save is literally a five or a six. And then right. and so, to well, save against the wound that you took is literally a five or a six. So, right. so it's he's, not like his normal save is a four. His, he has the invuln of a five. The lurker thing that gives him a, a feel no pain at a five. It's not terrible. Yeah, I mean, like, overall, you really only have a 16% guaranteed chance to try to save every wound that you get on you. So that's not bad for the amount of points you spent into it. it, It's very respectable. And you were just able to save those dice and changed how our end of the table worked out. (laughs) Right, right. And it's not that I would have done good without it because I'm still playing my orcs and I'm not doing the best with them, I don't think, because it's a fine line. My orcs highest leadership is an eight. Mm -hmm. And so after my commander was taken out, the highest on the table was a seven. 
but then my leader went down out of morale, and so the highest on the table was a six. So if I break on a six, I already lose the game, and rolling 2d6, you're usually getting above a six. Right. Statistically, you're going to get above a six. And then on top of it, with my nerve tests being guys taken out is added onto the dice that you roll to try to get under the leadership. I roll 1d6, but I already have five guys dead. I roll that one. I'm already at my leadership. And so I'm safe. But I roll a two. My guy has to go down and he's useless. Right. Uh, you have to play them very tactically to be effective with them and kill team, I feel. So I don't know. I think for the campaign, I don't know. I might do uh, orcs or I might do smurfs. I don't know. Put it out to, there to a vote, a poll. Let you uh, guys let me know what you think. Should I play my Smurfs or should I play my Orcs for the uh, Kill Team campaign coming up? I choose Orcs because it makes my life a little bit easier. It, it a makes little bit, life not, a little bit easier. A little bit, not 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 necessarily a lot, but a little bit. Uh, but that was our gaming shenanigans for oh, the week. I said we had our, our regular forty k. Ah, yeah, well, we did. If you wanted to go over that, because that that one I, was another one of those ones where I went I a little out of my comfort zone and went because we ended up with an objective game. Yes, for that one. And previously, I've said I just don't feel like I do well with those. Uh, because I just I play it too safe. Mm-hmm. And so this time around, I went super aggressive. Yeah, I know. And we talked it out, too, because you said that. And I'm like, well, get you feel a little bit safer. This is a good thing for you to do. Yeah. Yes. Like you said, it's aggressive and it's risky. But if you're trying to win, yes, this is what you want to do. Right. Uh, and it turned out that it worked. Yeah. <laughs> so I created a uh, six warrior Tyranid Prime combo wrecking ball in the front of the field with the Zoanthropes chaining out to the left side of the field, at least from my left side yeah, of the field. to throw out some smites. So yeah, to, to smite everything to hell. And then I had Tyranifex able to pretty much shoot wherever the fuck you wanted on that field. Yeah, and I brought a full-on assault army, and we randomly rolled... And, oh, I forgot my Hive Tyrant. Yeah, and we, we randomly rolled to see what game we were playing, so objective game was definitely not my forte after getting a uh, all-out assault army, because there's only three objectives on the field, one in the middle, one all the way on the other end. And uh, one in your deployment zone. And so the one in my deployment zone, I kind of had to reorganize my units to actually be even able to take that. Because my initial thought was, I'm just going to fucking run and rush them. Right. But, but it game dictates I couldn't do that. Right. I had placed first. And I put, well, I think, where did I place first? Was it my Tyranifex? I don't know. I forget. Last what, I, it was, yeah, I didn't say it. It was either Tyranifex or the, the zone throw. So I had placed first because it was definitely the back of the field, I think. But then my second placement was my, my Ripper Swarm that I just put right up on in the middle because we had a, a pure half and half deployment, deployment zone. And by putting my, uh, my guy, my Ripper Swarm right there at the objective, forced you to be back away from it a little bit, even though the Ripper Swarms were just cannon fodder they were just there to absorb shots yeah and then then i I placed most of the stuff in the back and then i very clearly made it a point to like i'm setting up over here on the on the my right side of the field where your where your objective was and i was just gonna push forward i put a line of termagants in then built my wrecking ball behind it and it just went (laughs) yeah and i kind of spread out across the field i had some bikes to come up on your right side because i built uh evil sun's detachment to pretty much be a speed cult detachment just to get out there and get up to wherever they needed to be and so i ran the bikes in the middle of the field to try to help take that middle objective but smite of course kills them (laughs) uh which was pretty much let them go over there to try to take the objective get me a point but also let them absorb the smite because they're the bikes and they have three wounds on them so they can take that and then i uh counter deployed and put pretty much the rest of my forces over on the left side to counter your uh death ball which you charged me, you destroyed my truck, and then I destroyed all your warriors. But just unfortunately, how rolling was going and everything. So then the, the hive tyrant came in behind you, you're those guys, mm-hmm. and the warrior was just still standing, and he was still putting out shots. So he, he was able to, to do a lot of damage because of it. And then the, the termagants, again, once again, well, that was your prime. Your yeah, warriors yeah. were completely dead. Yeah, yeah, sorry, the prime. Yeah, the prime was was putting out shots yeah and he was doing a really good job and then we just kind of pushed up towards the pushed you back towards the objective in both directions Mm -hmm. and it just started smiting everything to hell yeah and the other thing was i wanted to try a fun risky thing where i dropped in my uh warlord with 10 boys inside of a truck and deep striked it so i didn't even have my warlord on the field for most of the battle without uh Mm -hmm. big support so i kind of crippled myself in a way yeah but i wanted to try out these new orc stratagems because there's one to be able to drop any unit wherever you want to from a teleporty pad. And then there's another one that you can use to let a vehicle 
charge 3d6 instead of 2d6 so if i drop them down nine inches away that nine inches is really easy to get with 3d6 compared to the 2d6 and that stratagem also allows me to do mortal wounds on you when i touch you yep. so the idea was get that down uh charge into you and then you destroy the troop transport but then all these guys are in front of you and you got to deal with them unfortunately it didn't work out that way it got just to hell <laughs> Well, was it? to try to survive and do things against the warriors, I had to spend some command points, and yeah. so I couldn't even charge turn one. And so that tactic went out the window. But um, that's what I get for making a specialized army going up against the generic army, and that's how it goes. And that's just 40k. I think I'm going to try that same army again against uh, Tau or against uh, Dark Elder or anything and see how it goes. Because you pretty much just brought your list that you've been playing me and Alex with slightly tweaked yeah, with just a couple of different things. So you've been playing that list for like three, four rounds yeah. already. You had a really good strategy where I'm just testing out shit for my codex and, oh, hey, yeah. does this work? Does that work? What does this really do? I'm testing out everything. Because that's what I like to do. I just like to play fluffy, see what happens and see how it goes. Mm -hmm. I probably I, I, lose the majority of the games I play, but I will say that I probably have more fun playing 40k than most people I know, even when I am losing. No, then that's I know fair. a lot of sore losers, unfortunately. Yeah, and that's fair. Having the units that I have, I've just been trying to learn them and find what works and what doesn't work. And oh, yeah. That's oh, yeah. <laughs> nothing wrong with that either. And like, like I said, my main thing for that one was trying to find out what taking all my taking like 90% of my cannon fodder out of my team and putting it into those warriors and having the five warriors and the Tyranid Prime boosting them. What does that look like on the field? Like, how does that actually play out? And it played out pretty well yeah it played out pretty well and it's it, just one of those things and you'll have to always remember too, like taking what they did while they were on the field because you make units like that they're gonna fucking get taken out no oh, matter yeah. what people are gonna take them out because it's your most powerful unit and they're probably gonna last one or two turns on the battlefield right so you always just gotta gauge based upon the situation they were in because they did really well until i slaughtered them all yeah but they did really good up until that point yeah but then the you know, the prime was still able to survive and put out a, a number of wounds on top of it yeah yeah exactly so. and so that worked well with the given army that you're up against and whatnot because mm -hmm. say there were units to back up those units that you killed through after that and not the speedy guys all around i don't know that the termagants and him would have still stayed alive if they were actually in a front line of orcs because that wasn't my warlord group where that was your warlord group attacking mm -hmm. a non-warlord group yeah where had it been attacking a warlord group it probably wouldn't have turned out exactly the same I agree. I mean, I don't expect that to work every single time. It, it was exactly. trying to gauge it. And, yeah. the, and I, you know, bringing the, the hive tyrant in, in the backfield to, you know, sandwich in everything, mm -hmm. helped them out as well. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely did. Anything else for the 40 K or the week? Well, shall we move over to the news corner? All right. So let's get the sad news out of the way first. Sad news. Why has the flag been at half mast all week? I really want to say it's because the guy from SpongeBob, the creator of SpongeBob, passed away. Uh, dude, I would fucking burn the flag if that was the case. Uh, I don't give a fuck. So the, the creator of SpongeBob passed away. He was 54 years old. Yeah, it's sad. Um, I hate his cartoon, but yeah, that's sad. Uh, but the, the flag being at half mast is because uh, former president. George H.W. Bush passed away after uh, long, long uh, medical fights yeah, and stuff that he had. With a lot of things, you know, including oil. What? Including oil. Including oil. <laughs> yeah, it's the truth. Yeah. Sorry. All right, so. <laughs> Doesn't matter if he's dead or not. It, it's the truth. It's his life. Right. Not disagreeing. But yeah, so he he passed away. I think he actually requested Trump to be at his funeral, trying to oh. olive branch. So he really was trying to one up McCain. No, I think he's just trying to offer an olive branch to try and yeah, give no. a, a I, healing process, even though he's passing. Um, I, I was joking with a buddy the other day, like, oh, yeah, he had to one up McCain to live past him. Now he's one up McCain and inviting the president instead of saying he can't be invited. Yeah. But yeah, so that all of that happened. That's the sad. It's probably the, the, the saddest news of the weekend, I guess, in my opinion. Not to be overshadowed, there's been like protests in Paris and stuff, but I don't know enough about what's going on over there. Yeah, I haven't gotten into that. Here's some local news for you. The Cleveland radio station band, or it, it says bands. They're, they're just not playing the uh, Baby It's Cold Outside song anymore. It's very date rapey. I understand, especially like all the Me Too stuff going on. Uh, I still like the song. I'll still listen to the song, um, but I get where people people listen to it, especially in, in the context of like the world we're in now. And it's very date rapey. Yeah, for me, honestly, I didn't even fucking know the song like had any questionable lyrics within it. 
I, it, it was one of those Christmas songs that was on while I'm decorating a tree. It's everything everything in context is what the problem is. It, exactly. Like, it, it, if you go and you look at the lyrics, yeah, baby, it's cold outside. You shouldn't leave. And the girl wants to leave the party. But the guy's like, no, you should still stay at the party. And Right. And then the, the, the one, the big lyric that everyone points out is like when the girl's singing, she goes, what's in this drink? Which, I mean, in the context of today, you'd be like, oh, he must have roofied her. But it's like if he mixed her a drink and they've been drinking and he mixed her a drink, she might be like, this is really strong. What's in this one? Like, or this is really good. What does yeah, this taste well, like? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't, there's a lot of things that could be taken as. And I don't think it's a malicious song at all. No. But I guess you got to be PC on the airwaves. So what do we say? It's like 70. Yeah, it's 74 year old song. It was written in 1944. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of that shit going on back then, too. It was probably really hush hush and all that. Oh, it, God, yes. But yeah, I don't know. It's a little weird. Yeah. Just a little weird to ban the song. I mean, we can make it. We, we want to make it PC. We can make it PC. We can make it PC. Yeah. Baby, it's cold outside. Would you like to leave or stay? I haven't decided yet. Baby, it's cold outside. If you go outside, would you like my coat? I'm a strong woman and I don't need it. Baby, it's cold outside. I respect your decision. <laughs> there you go. I, that's how it has to go, right? That's there. That's that's our. That's a new one. That's I think that that encompasses today's point of view. Well, you're getting your guitar. You just got to learn how to play the exactly. song. We'll record it and we will send it over to what was it? W D O K Christmas one o two point one. WKOD. <laughs> WDOK is what it says here in the article. I say down here it says WKOD. Oh, then they misprinted the article <laughs> in one place or the other. <laughs> so don't worry, uh, guys. We're still bringing you false news no matter what. Yeah, we don't well, know which one's true either. Right. Here's the FM signal for you. It's 102.1. So there you go. They'll take it to 102.1 here in Cleveland. Yeah, and the, they'll love it. It's going to be a hit. I love that. I was like, no, it's this, you know, it's, but it says this. <laughs> All right. Uh, but yeah, yeah, we'll, we'd have to do that. We'll figure that out. Maybe next year we'll have our own version on the radio. Oh man. It takes so long to write songs. Wait, well, yeah, by the time we, we need to get a writer, what's well, the thing by the time we get it done and get it like, fi- fi- like finalized, it'll be after the fucking Christmas season's over. Christmas fucking in July, motherfucker. Fair enough. Touche, sir. Touche. You win this round. Uh, and someone's not winning, winning this round currently is Neil deGrasse Tyson. Uh, so in, in the, with the me too stuff from before, yeah, another one. Uh, I really is, don't want to believe any of this. Well, like, so, but yeah, so they, he has a couple of sexual misconduct things and one that would be considered sexual assault. As far as the two sexual misconduct ones, it seems like there's a potential that that is really just misconstruement. Yes. So he invited one girl up for cheese and wine and she felt very uncomfortable by it, which her right to feel uncomfortable by it but i don't know that that's necessarily sexual misconduct no no i mean it's not like she went up there and he pulled his dick out and yeah, said hey and, baby yeah, here's your cheese and then blocked the door like that one did <laughs> right I, which one i i don't remember there's, we we had talked I'm, about it on the podcast there's, there's multiple uh, harvey weinstein did it a few times i believe and uh fuck what's his name the comedian yeah it was a comedian okay yeah. a comedian dude that um, we were talking about i i don't remember uh you're motioning to Jesus. I am. Like I was, Jesus maybe he would down me, and tell you. I was hoping. It's a possibility. I, I can't remember. I don't know. I just don't want it to be true because Neil deGrasse Tyson and he is the shit. Oh, he's fucking awesome. He He's amazing on so many levels. Uh, great scientist. Great promotional speaker. Like great just all around. Oh, yeah. And uh, so they're Fox. From what I know of, I should say. Yeah. I mean, from from the, the public experiences not uh, a more not like any private experiences i've never actually met him in person but through his, his speeches like wine and cheese he apparently does just ask him apparently he does uh but yeah so the fox and fox and uh national geographic are doing an investigation into it and he's he's welcoming it he's being honest about it he like I said, he, with the two misconduct things he seems to have said yeah that those things happen but that wasn't my intention as far as the sexual assault one i don't know i got nothing on that yeah, I don't know. And I, I obviously don't know too much of the situation. And it seems like there could be a situation because we have Fox and Nat Geo looking into it, which is good. They should look into it. But it, it's just hard as males sometimes to like if you are on the road like he is or whatnot. Is it proper to invite a girl up to your room for wine and cheese? If you've been I don't know the situation, well, but if you've been having a dinner or whatnot, what is proper to actually invite a girl on a date for now <laughs> or after date type deal? Like is 
eventually, if you're dating someone, you're going to try to make that move. But how do you even make that move PC now? Right. Uh, so the one he invited up for wine and cheese is his former former assistant. So uh, there's like they're they're, there they're coworkers. Yeah, there's a work so situation. Mo- most of the like the two, that's understandable. Yeah, I and then completely the, understand that there are two of them that were uh, the two misconduct ones. I believe are both like coworker type situations. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. There. That's a little bit different. If you're inviting a coworker back to your room, it. It can unfortunately be misconstrued right away because, yeah, co-worker situation, you got to really tread that lightly. I know a lot of people who work together and date or whatnot, but sometimes it works out. Sometimes you got, especially if you're the higher up and they're your assistant, you got to watch out, buddy. Right, right. And again, it's not to say that he, he actually meant it to be anything more than wine and cheese. If they're on the road and they're doing things, you know, I don't know how he he approached it. It really doesn't it really doesn't say other than he invited her up for that, at least from what I remember reading. For me, I always like to continue the party after the bar closed. Legitimately, just continue the party. Right. And hey, you guys want to come back to my room and party because we could drink up there, but we can't drink down here no more. Right. Exactly. And that, and that's where I wonder if that's what it was. I, and in none of his again, those are all the like the public speaking type things. He's never seemed like that kind of a person. But you never know, right? There's. There's the public speaking person and there's the, you know, once that's over, doors are closed person. So and that's been that's been a lot of these Me Too things have been been like that. The 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 public side of the person, you're like, oh, no, they would never do that. And then the private side of it is like, this is what people are saying. Yeah. I mean, people said that about me a lot of the times. They're like, wait, you wouldn't be like that. Well, I was right. And, and like and there have been people who are making false allegations lately like people are being paid to make false allegations against like anti-trump support like people who are anti-trump are being accused of stuff and it's been quickly determined that it was false because the people that were dishing out money for it yeah no and that's and that's, that's a different that's, yeah, so that's a different situation but like in this one i don't really have a there's no definitive like oh this has happened or this hasn't happened and if there if something does come up of it i'm sure we'll talk about it on the podcast but as of right now They've been brought up. They're doing investigations into it. The show Cosmos on Fox was supposed to be coming back. Please in, continue it. I'm hoping they will. It's been on hiatus for the longest time. I know. Star I think Talk's was, still great. Oh, I do. I listen to Star Talk like all, all week. That's my that's one of my favorite podcasts during the week. Uh, but I think the I think Cosmos is supposed to be coming back in March or thereabouts, sometime in 2019. But yeah, so uh, there's that. And then uh, onto something I guess possibly equally as controversial in some ways marvel created or marvel created a number of characters over the years uh they, but they with the netflix series they put out iron fist and people got all mad because it's a white guy doing kung fu and the tropes around like a white person being better at it than whatever ethnicity in the area who has been training their whole lives and whatnot and so these tropes happen and people got really upset about the uh, iron fist one because they have a character shang chi Shang Chi, who is an Asian superhero, who is basically like Iron Fist, except without the superpowers. Like Iron Fist channels his chi and creates the the Iron Fist, the super strong power. Whereas Shang Chi is just martial arts and very good at what he does. He's like Bruce Lee. And I don't know much about Shang Chi other than the fact that at some point Spider Man meets up with him and Shang Chi ch- trains him so he can create his own fighting style like the way of the spider. Basically, I can see that happening. It, it happened. It was a it was a point in time when Spider Man lost his spider sensibility. He couldn't rely on his spider sense to save him, so he had to work on his fighting skill uh, fighting skills so he could actually fight back. And he went to Shang Chi and he learned how to how to fight. And they created the way of the spider fighting style is what it, i think they end up calling it the reason we're talking about this though is because marvel is setting up shang chi to be its first asian superhero film and currently they're looking for an asian or asian american director which it kind of helps create the uh, the appropriate aesthetic for the movie yeah you know because you're looking at getting the right people involved i yeah, don't really have get the culture involved right and they did that with black panther and they, they're kind of trying to recreate that flame that spark that created a, such a great movie for black panther they're trying to recreate that with shang chi for the asian market as well so people can go see a movie and be like oh look that's my culture on screen type of a deal and i think that's awesome but i have my guts telling me they're gonna miss the mark on this one <laughs> hopefully not because it'd I, I mean, be really cool seeing a martial arts superhero film yes and it and would be nice because it would create a different, another variety within the superhero market. It wouldn't just be the same kind of 
stories over and over again. Yeah, so and that they, helps. Yeah, they need newer things because I mean, as much as they do what they do good with what they have right now with all the superheroes, there there needs to be more. Like different cultures like this, I'd be more apt to watch it because, like, yeah, that's not normal. It's a Asian superhero. Let me check that out. An right. Asian martial artist superhero. I'm much more intrigued by that than fucking Captain America. Yeah. And I don't disagree with that. My worry is, again, with context of everything, like in the context of things, when the character was made and the very like racial stereotypes that were used with, for like villains and things like that. And, and you got that during black exploitation with like Luke Cage. And then they, they were able to turn Luke Cage into a phenomenal Netflix show, in my opinion. So I, I don't doubt that, that this couldn't turn into something phenomenal, but will it? And, Will it? And, and and my gut is telling me that it might miss that mark. And if they don't find a way to change or tweak things appropriately, where, yeah, it may not be like one to one to the comics, which is fine. But I think we've moved past that. I think there's a large enough audience that, yes, the nerds might get mad. But if it means not having Fu Manchu as your villain, I, then that's my problem. It's yeah. like there there are so many racial things in there for like what he's fighting against that it could very easily miss the mark that they're trying to make if they don't find a way to change those those lines that are already there. And there's nothing to say that he can't fight somebody else's villain. So they could bring in, he could be fighting somebody else completely. It may not be anybody from his actual rogues gallery. There's there's potential there. And I, 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 I will always hope that Marvel does great things because they've been doing great things and I love Marvel. They can if take they, on the responsibility. Right. <laughs> they should. With great power comes great responsibility. And so far, they've done a good job with that. I just don't want them to fuck that up. Understandable. <laughs> and that's where my concern is. I do hope it'll do do a good job. Currently, it's heading in a good direction with you know looking for the, the appropriate type of director, an Asian or an Asian American director. So there's potential. Uh, more once if this becomes a more full fledged thing, and as it becomes released, and you're seeing the trailers, and they're talking about the characters, I'll have a better idea of whether my initial gut feeling is right. So from one fictional character to another, uh, except this lovely possum. Australian possum. He's not he's real. He's not fictional. He's but non-fictional. He he uh, he has the appearance of a fictional character. Yes, he does. So there's an orphan possum. Uh, last month was handed over to the Wildlife Rescue Service in Melbourne. This possum was born with a genetic mutation that makes him golden in color. Yep. And possums in Australia don't quite look like the possums we have. They are much more rodent mouse-like. Yes. They kind of remind us of a uh, little little well-known friend who uh, travels along with our buddy, Mr. Ketchum. Yes. But Ketchum didn't catch this one. No. This no. one this one uh, fell off of its uh, mother's back, and that's how you know they found it and was, the people brought it in. But it looks like Pikachu, and it, it, uh, they've now named it Pikachu. So it has an apt name to its appearance. This isn't the only one. It's, like, it's a rare genetic mutation, but they are also found in um, the Victoria area. And there's little pockets of them around. And I, I told you that there's a great line in this article. And at the very bottom of this article, they say, of course, there's pockets of them around. How else would you find a pocket monster? <laughs> <laughs> that is good. So there's pockets of Pikachus all around. And if you've, if you've ever looked around, you well, it depends on how much you look around. Like when I went to college, we had some black squirrels around, but we also had this one white squirrel around. And things like that, I mean, they, they stand out more. So more often than not, they will be picked off by predators. Possums being a nocturnal animal, if they're brightly colored at night, you know, things like owls are going to pick them off quick, real easily. So this possum will not, is, is the reason it got named is because it's also not going to be returned to the wildlife. Because if they return it, it's probably just going to get die. eaten. Yeah. So they're like, we can keep it. You know, we can use it as a uh, teaching tool and stuff like that. It's a, you know, it's a, to rescue so things now, like do you think it has a heart on the end of the tail or a normal tail i couldn't see the tail from the picture i can't see the tail from the picture god damn it we don't know if it's a male or female yeah i don't know i guess the world may never know well, the, the article does say she so i guess it should have oh, a heart. it has a heart on the tail got it but speaking of pokemon are you ready for some smash brothers i am ready i can't wait for friday at midnight because i'm getting it digital and i'm nice. about to play the shit out of it <laughs> uh yes but since you don't have let's go on your system yet you won't be getting the sprite so there's spirit sorry so there are little spirits in the game that you'll be able to unlock and you can use them to create more powerful fighters whether it's the fighters in the in the game or probably the amiibos as well mm -hmm. but if you have a let's go game i have eevee 
So I would get the Eevee spirit. The EV partner spirit will be in my game. They'll be given to me for free, which is kind of cool. That's a that's a to me. It's kind of a throwback to yesteryear games where you would find they they would find the the game on the cartridge that matched this one, and they would bring pull up something into this game because you have save files on the same memory cards. Oh, I don't know if I ever had any of that. There was a couple of them around back in the day. Um, it wasn't like a really common thing i would say but it definitely happened a number of times that's pretty cool yeah never noticed that yeah i can't i can't, I can't think of anything specifically right now but i do remember it being a thing uh, but yeah so that's cool like you have a save file on your thing they'll they'll pull that over so if you ever end up getting the let's go game that you say you're interested in it and if you indulge in your nostalgia you will get a sprite a spirit as well I keep home sprites <laughs> it'll be fun to play with the spirits the spirit of pikachu Yes, but not not the possum Pikachu. No, not the possum. The the electric one. The electrical <laughs> rodent. I don't think they should electrocute the other one. That'd be a bad idea. That would be really bad. Yeah. Don't charge them up, please. No, don't. That'd be that'd be real bad. Be crispy crispy possum. I think so. Now back to the Smash Brothers stuff. So nowadays games don't really come with uh, instruction manuals. It's been a, a thing of yester yesteryear, yesteryear. For a few years. Yeah, it's been gone for a while. Uh, as things have gotten more digital, you don't really get them. Sometimes they, at one point they used to put them on the disc. You could find like on the main menu of a readme file, the Wii or the Wii U. You could pull up some of those manuals to show you what, since you're using a different controller, like what the control buttons will do. And they'll give you like some of the, the manual things way back when the NES was a thing. Uh, the manual actually had your story. Like that was where you would read about Bowser kidnapping Princess Peach and all the shenanigans that, that happened in the Mushroom Kingdom, how the blocks that you're breaking are actually people from the Mushroom Kingdom, or like Metroid, you got your story from your thing, and then you'd play the game, and it kind of expound on that story, but your majority of your story was in the instruction book. And even back for PC, like I, there was one Ultima game, I don't remember which one it was, but there was a map that shipped with the game, and their way of doing piracy protection or whatnot before the internet was really out there or what, you had to type in things of where they were in relation on the map to actually be able to play the game. And so that was their way of, hey, yeah, you want to play this game, you got to have the physical copy of this map or have a friend who has it. And also, I don't think they gave you a map in-game, so you had to have that map to know where to travel to, otherwise you couldn't really play the game. But that's, like you said, the time of yesteryear, because it really doesn't exist anymore, and I don't know that we should be wasting paper anymore for this type of deal, because the game should have a tutorial, and story right. should be in the opening credits or whatnot, and yeah. all that type of deal. Well, yeah, I mean, especially now we have cinematics, and you have... Uh more text as, as you're they were able to put more text into games you didn't have to worry about having as much in the mm. pamphlets other than like the backstory of the main characters sometimes would be in there they got that with a lot of final fantasy games but yeah you, like i said once you get into cinematics like you that should be your story you shouldn't need the the pamphlets but they do have one so you can actually print one out if you would like to it has the front and the back control scheme for the uh, gamecube controller you have some learning basic smash moves uh, smash items and apparently there's even a notes page like it's notes. a full on like back in the day structure manual. So it's kind of it's a cool thing. Kind of nice. I would never probably print it. Um, no. If I did anything, I would download it as a PDF just so I could look at it. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. They did a really good job with that. Now delete. Yeah, basically. You know what else is getting deleted? <laughs> Fucking YouTube pages. Yeah, a lot of pages have been deleted. So Nintendo... The, with the Smash game, it has actually been some some people actually got it early. In some cases, you can get the games early and you can play them and you sign an, uh, an NDA and you have like, oh, you can show these things, but you can't show these things. And that's what happens for a lot of YouTubers and uh, some Twitch players. But some people got the game. Some people also created an info dump, but others decided, you know, it would be a really good idea because nobody else has this. I'm going to play it live on a stream let everybody else see the see game that's not released my face play this game yeah <laughs> fucking dumbass Dude, like, people not only could you get your ass sued like to shit like you're never gonna have any money anymore to well some of these streamers they got a lot of money yeah but um if, if it was us we wouldn't have, yeah we wouldn't have any money we'd be indebted to nintendo forever if they decided to sue us right yeah there's I just can't believe it. I guess some people were, were actually watching the these streams and they were watching these people get banned in real time. Yeah, Nintendo uh, hit up Twitch, they hit up YouTube, and they're like, you need to, uh, these guys have to be banned for forever because you're not supposed to be doing this. This is illegal. Take yeah. it down. And I can't disagree with Nintendo. I, I don't disagree at all. I, again, it's one of those things. If you're 
if you signed a contract to be able to play it, then you're allowed to play it. If you're given a, a copy early to play it, but you are not allowed to play it online, then you shouldn't be playing it, you know, for your streaming chats online. And if you don't have an agreement, then you are in some way proving that you are pirating somehow. Oh, yeah. Whether someone is getting it for you or you are pirating the game yourself, you're putting yourself out there for some serious legal charges. Oh, yeah. It's it's baffling that they were that stupid to do it, but I also believe that they were that stupid to do it. Oh, Obviously, yeah. they were. They did it. But yeah, just, you got to like, just think about what you're doing before you do it. Like, say it out loud and you might realize how stupid it is. Hey, Tom, let's play Ultimate before it comes out. You don't do that. Oh, okay. At least not. Don't don't show everyone that we're doing that. Okay, we're not doing that. <laughs> no, we're really not doing that. We're not, we, we we're, we're not that cool to get a copy. No, we're not. We got to pay for our shit. We'll never be that cool. No. But yeah, uh, yeah. So that's that's what's been going on in the news. Dumb people doing dumb things. Yes, as usual, always. That's how it works. That's where we live in this day and age in the United States. Yes, it's an interesting world. Interesting world full of first world problems here. Yes. You want to know what the great first world problem is? My mixer. I was going to say your uh, ninja that doesn't work and you have to hold it down. My ninja that that doesn't like to work the way it's supposed to. So I can't walk away from it while it's uh, doing its blending. So I have to hold it down in the the, uh, proper orientation. So it will trigger hit its trigger and do its fucking blending. I was just thinking, you know, rocks can really help with. uh, It's a low. There's just not enough space. It's underneath the counter. Or there's underneath shelves that are on a counter, and it's, so it's just not enough space. Plus, you put the rock on there, then it vibrates off. Uh, that's true. That's true. Depending, depending. You just got to get a wedge between that shelf now and it. <laughs> and just wedge it in there, walk away, come back, you're good. It's, it's like still I, going. I got to fucking stand there for a minute. You know just what I can do in a go minute? And take a shit. That's what I have to do every morning. I don't take a shit. I wait till I get to work. I take yeah. my shit there. Yeah, might as well get paid to take a shit. <laughs> well, anything else from you today? No, not that I can think of. I've shared enough of my first world problems. Yeah. My only request is that you guys go out there and give us a rating on iTunes. You can find us at G33KS with issues on iTunes. On YouTube, G33KS with issues. Or you can find us on YouTube, watch some of our videos, check out the Pokemon ones that have been coming out, and the Smash Brother ones that will be coming out within a week. Yes. And then we're on uh, we're on Facebook if you want to email us. Yeah, you could always email us too. Yeah, Tell Gmail. us your thoughts right to my face. It comes right to my phone, so my face will see it. Do it. This one good eye will be able to read it. Who knows? Maybe your email might help strengthen his other eye. Yes, please. I need Jesus. I need Jesus. Please email me so I don't have to be blind no more. <laughs> hey, did it for those good Samaritan people or whatnot, so you can do it for me, right? Yeah, sure. But you're a heathen. Yeah, I know. He doesn't want to help me. He's going to make you blind. Uh, give your sight away and with that we gotta go write a song yep time to write all right bye bye